Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. How's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Hope you are doing well. Um, where to start? Where to start with this one? The Bengals lose to the Broncos 24-10, to 10, uh, fall to 5-7, and seven, and are essentially all but eliminated from, from playoff contention. And if you watched today's contest, you would know that this is nowhere near a playoff team. The Bengals went to uh, Jeff Driscoll as a as a backup quarterback, and let's before we get to questions and comments and all that stuff, let's just let's just settle a few things um, based on what we saw today. Number one, Jeff Driscoll is not a viable long term option as a starting quarterback. Got a lot of athleticism, decent arm strength, all that stuff. Made a couple of nice throws, and it's hard to blame him for the massive struggles on the offensive line. We'll get there in a second. And a lot of drop passes. I think there were three or four drop passes and critical points in the game. Um, obvious, and, and usually, unfortunately, the drop passes followed an offensive line penalty. So Jeff Driscoll is not a long-term answer at quarterback. I think we kind of already knew that, but in case we were hoping for some miracle today um, to show us otherwise, that's not the answer. We know we've already seen enough of Tom Savage, his backup, to know that that's not the guy the Bengals need going forward long-term either. Um, offensive line, I would say there's one viable starter on that, on that line, and that's Clint Bowling. And unfortunately, he got absolutely abused today by Bradley Chubb and others. Um, but he was playing in not his normal position. He was playing left tackle. So, I mean, left guard, you could say, yeah, he's the, he's the most viable guy on the offensive line. Still have yet to see what you have from Billy Price. Trey Hopkins, couple of nice moments throughout the year. Had a couple of penalties today. Bobby Hart just absolutely struggled against Vaughn Miller. Numerous penalties today. Um, you know, Alex Redman, he didn't really have his name called today. But, um, you know, we've seen enough out of him as well. So, even after the Bengals spent their first-round pick on an offensive lineman and traded for a left tackle this offseason, the offensive line still needs a lot of work yet again this next offseason. And what's telling to me, just continuing on the offensive line discussion, what's telling to me is just how poorly the Bengals think of Cedric Abwehi at this point in his career. Uh, Cedric Abwehi was a first-round pick, and he – has since 
Um, he played a little bit last week, but the Bengals made a move to get Andre Smith. They moved Clint Bowling over today to play left tackle instead of letting a boy he play a bit, you know, that position. He's more of a natural left tackle there. They feel that low about Cedric Abwehi to not let him play that position today. Um, so there you have that. Um, I mentioned the drops by receivers. Cody Core had a touchdown atoned from some mistakes earlier uh, this year. He almost, to me though, he, he had another two drops. It seemed like one was a tough one. Another went right through his hands. Um, he seems to have almost as many drops as receptions this entire season. That's not good. First career touchdown though, the 30 yard play from Driscoll to him. Tyler Boyd really played well for the most part, had one big drop, but uh, just made tough catch after tough catch and, and played well. You know, and then you go to A.J. Green, who started the game, and we thought, hey, you know, this could be a catalyst. Maybe, you know, if Driscoll can do some things, A.J. Green comes back, and maybe, you know, that changes the offense. It, it didn't, and not only when in the very limited time he was on the field, he he ended up re-injuring that toe. My guess, we haven't heard anything about this, but my guess is he's probably just going to hang it up for the rest of the year, even though he probably doesn't want to. If he can't go an, an entire quarter, basically, um, without, you know, feeling the effects of that or re-injuring that issue, I, I just don't see that uh, being a viable option. And if this team continues to lose, it's almost kind of like, you know, what, what's the point of having him out there to continue to re-aggravate the injury, potentially making, making it worse, all of that stuff. So I haven't heard anything about it, but uh, I would not be surprised if that's the last we see of AJ green this year. We'll see. Um, you know, there were, there were players who I thought played with, with decent effort today which has been called into question in, in recent weeks. Uh, I think Joe Mixon, the guy who continues to call out people and their effort levels yeah, publicly, he played with great effort today. And ironically, <laughs> at home, the Bengals uh, giving up 24 points, giving up about 200 yards rushing, um, seem to have played one of their better def- defensive performances of this year um you know they they held Denver on a number of occasions they came up with a turnover when they needed one and you know just as what's kind of been a microcosm of the year now by the way I'm not saying that the defense played well in general because giving up a 65 yard touchdown run is never a good thing um they did let up some third down conversions and in big uh situations but they were much better on third downs they got after the quarterback. You finally saw some flashes from Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, which we haven't seen in a long time. Um, you know, for a while they had Philip Lindsay, Lindsay bottled up, but uh, he ended up exploding. So, I mean, trust me, it wasn't a great performance, but I mean, it was basically the best performance or one of the better performances by the defense this year. And <laughs> right when they give opportunities to the offense, of course, they fall on their face in the, in the form of penalties, turnovers, all that good stuff. Um, I think the Bengals hit about a dozen or so penalties today. Not great. And, um, you know, I, I, I think we're kind of starting to sound like a broken record. And at this point now, I guess good news, depending on where you sit, which side of the fence you sit on, um, a week closer to this season and this miserable stretch being over, 
potentially a week closer to a change at head coach or in the coaching ranks in general. Um, and if this team keeps losing, um, I mean, there basically seems to be in the way that they're playing, there basically seems to be only one more winnable game left on the schedule in the Oakland Raiders. Um, you know, six wins that could get him a top 10 pick. Now the cynic, is, the cynic would say, you know, what are they going to do with that pick? Blah, blah, blah. I get you. Um, on the other side of the fence, you know, depending on how this team finishes out, they could keep Lewis and, and his group of coaches. Um, they could use the injury excuses there. Again, Green went out today. Vontez Perfect left the game with a concussion. They can, could continue to use those excuses um, as an effort or as a, you know, a, a masking of true issues and keeping kind of the core intact for next year. And they seem to be committed to Andy Dalton, for those of you who are not in his camp. Uh, they seem to be committed to him. And I think Driscoll today basically solidified that stance by the club uh, going forward. So we'll see. Um, just looking at some comments and questions here. Uh, again, it's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I see Matthew Steinmetz says, Laser is in Bill Laser. Bobby Hart uh, need to go. Yeah, Bobby Hart played exceptionally awful today. Granted, it's never a, an easy task to go up against Von Miller, but he played pretty terribly, and I was uh, a little disappointed to see some of his get, his actions in the form of getting into Driscoll's face uh, towards the end of the first half when um, Hart let up a, a big pressure to cause – an intentional grounding penalty, and yet he got into Driscoll's face. The only thing that would make sense to me as to why he was upset would be something to the effect of Driscoll not mixing up the cadence of snaps and all that kind of stuff to, to allow Miller to tee off on that. But, I mean, still, it, it's just a sign of a lot of disjointed things on the team. It's a sign of frustration, and it's a sign of uh, a lack of productivity and Quite honestly, this is uh, it's it's really really staggering. Part of it is is the injuries, but it's really really staggering to see the difference in this team from September and October to now. Uh, they're now one and six after starting four and one. Um, uh, yeah, losing AJ Green stinks. Losing Tyler Eifert stinks. Um, you know, you've lost guys, I get it, but you still have, for the most part, you had Cordy Glenn, um, you got back Vontez perfect at times, you lost Nick Vigil, I understand that, um, but you still had your two running backs, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't really understand, to Matthew's point there that he brought up about Bill Lazor, I don't really understand some of the play calling that occurs. At one point, in the third quarter, Joe Mixon had 11 carries for 81 yards. So he's getting close to eight yards a carry, seven and a half yards a carry. Yet he only has 11 carries in the game, and you have a backup quarterback making his first NFL start. Why would you not continue to feed Joe Mixon the football at every point that you can? I don't understand that. There was also a critical play where Bill Lazor dialed up a tight end chip as the Bengals were attempting to, to make kind of a, a little bit of a late comeback. C.J. Uzama was on one side of the, the formation. They makes, he makes him come all the way across the formation to help Bobby Hart with Vaughn Miller. Uh, and the play just kind of explodes on itself. And I, 
I don't understand that that play call, that formation. There's a lot of things with Bill Lazor this year that that need to be called into question. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of people are sitting here saying Marvin Lewis's job isn't safe and Hugh Jackson is next in line. That very well could be the case. I, I don't know if I believe that. I, I think that Hugh Jackson is here to get another offensive coordinator gig, and I, I think that there's the Bengals have already changed their offensive coordinator last season. They changed their defensive coordinator in the middle of the season this season, and they don't want to do it again this season. But I think that the, that's – maybe where Hugh Jackson is is looking to play a part in this team going forward. We'll see. Obviously the Bengals played pretty well under his watch as an offensive coordinator, but um, we'll see. Um, Michael Cook says this game was supposed to be a winnable game. And yeah, and you know what? There were many, many chances for the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game, even with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. They, they had the game, you know, at one point it was only seven to nothing. The Bengals drove down the field. They were in the red zone, very close to scoring. Then penalties, the pressure by Hart and the subsequent uh, intentional grounding, all of that stuff led to a field goal there. Then you have Alex Erickson, a guy who has played very, very well uh, as a return man this year, has an uncharacteristic muff punt. That kills you. That leads to a score. You have Jeff Driscoll throwing an interception. You have Jeff Driscoll getting sacked and and forced fumble at the end. So this was a very winnable game. This was one of those games that definitely should be um, should be you know should have been a win uh, regardless really of who was under center. It's a home game. Yes, Denver has a, had a couple of nice wins in a row coming into this game, but I, I just felt that this was a game that the Bengals could have won, even with Driscoll under center. Play calling was awful. Penalties, turnovers, all that stuff killed them. And really that's indicative of not a great team, one, and poor coaching, two. Uh, when, you're, when you're committing those, kind of tur- those penalties at home on the offensive line, I think there was about three or four false starts today at least, that, that's coaching. That's coaching, and I, I don't want to say necessarily Bill Lazor, Frank Pollock, whatever, but that's Marvin Lewis and the trickle-down effect there. I, you know, you, you can't have that. You can't have that. Ty Gaskin, I'm tired of Lewis, is what he says in the Facebook chat. I think a lot of people are at this point. And um, think about this. This is a thought I had today. You know, for me, as you as you watch this game progress or digress or, you know, whatever, and you see – as you feel it, you kind of go, oh, gosh, oh, boy, oh, you know, another punt. Uh, I, you have to kind of think that the players have that same mindset. And unfortunately, that comes from leadership down and, and that attitude percolates down into the rest of the team. So I, I think um, I, I think that's that's a problem. Uh, and, um, you know, Chris, Chris Swave here says this team should be two and 10. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you, if you really want to play the shoulda, woulda, coulda game, but I mean, they did come out with wins. They did play gritty football at the, at the beginning of the year have some comeback wins. And I mean, there, you could, you could point to a number of things as to where this season took a pivotal turn for the worst, you know, Eifert's injury done for the year. You could pick Green's injury a handful of weeks later. You can pick Dalton's injury last week, or you could pick the the crushing loss to the Steelers in general and what that did to the Bengals psyche a few weeks back. Uh, you know, that, that could have been 
part of it. Uh, Gage Steele says, too many holes in this team. Must do a wholesale revamp and consider trading Dalton Green, perfect Atkins. No, I, I, I think there is – I agree with the first part of the statement. I don't think you need to sit here and think about trading your core guys, especially guys that are aging, because you're not really going to get too, many, too much for those guys. Those guys now are in their early 30s, and by the time they – get to, you know, next season, they will be kind of the, the 31, 32, 33 year old range. I don't think you're going to get a lot of stuff for them. Um, but you do need a change in approach. You do need a change at a lot of different coaching levels. And you know, there's just stuff. There's just a lot of stuff that this regime has either put up with allowed. I, you know, I look at Vontez perfect. He's done a lot of good things for this team, but as more and more time passes, he can't be relied to play an entire season, let alone now an entire game. He gets hurt with his reckless play, had another concussion today. Um, and, and you just got to wonder, you know, what other coach would have allowed him to kind of do the things he has done and, and stick with him like Lewis has? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly where to go. I feel like I feel like I say this every week when I do these these post game reactions when the Bengals lose. I say you're gonna go. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not in the I'm not in the front office. Unfortunately, I'm not uh, the one making some of these decisions. But um, obviously, major changes need to occur, and the Bengals need to um, really assess every level of their football team. Um, this this today was pretty hard to watch. Uh, with the backup quarterback and, and everything. Um, I, I don't know. Dan Schmidt says Mixon was so disrespected by not getting more involved. I, I touched on that earlier in the game, uh, earlier in this uh, analysis here. Um, you know, and that's kind of been, you know, crimin criminally underused. And he's, when he touches the ball, good things happen. And for some reason, he's still not getting the 25 to 30 touches a game that he should be getting um you know you look at you look at today and uh 12 you know i'm looking 12 carries 82 yards almost seven yards a carry in total as i mentioned he was uh, 11 for 81 at one point and um you know for some reason that was in the third quarter 11 carries and and at that point you weren't that far behind you had a backup quarterback i don't get it uh and i think that's just one of the things we can we can um, we can look at and sit here and, and question. There's just a lot of stuff, and now this this season's probably going to start, you know, kind of getting ugly. Maybe the Bengals pull out a couple one of those, you know, couple of wins at the end of the year that that uh, where the young guys end up playing, and you you kind of have hope for them going forward. But uh, this team has a lot of has a lot of issues and I'm going to, I'm going to leave with this. And this is something I've thought about recently. And I, I thought about it when they got rid of Austin, but I kind of put it on the back burner because I, I was a little uh, optimistic that the defense would kind of turn around regardless. Uh, maybe he just was kind of, I don't know. He was kind of the, the problem. He was the problem, but there are many other problems besides Austin on this defense. Um, I wonder about some of these draft picks that came in under this year, under his watch, you know, you have Jesse Bates, you have who played well, particularly at the, at the early part of the season, but has kind of tailed off towards, towards the last few games, especially in this losing streak. You have a guy, Darius Phillips, who was beaten on a touchdown pass today. Um, 
you know, he was known for his big play ability, turnover ability. You've got Devontae Harris, who was hurt, you know, another draft pick. These are these, at least from what I can understand, these are Austin guys. These are guys that he specifically wanted because they created turnovers, they created plays. And you have to wonder about the future of some of these guys because now Austin's gone. Is the defensive philosophy going to change? And are those now wasted picks? Then you take that, if they are wasted picks, you take that into the, the consideration of the Bengals hoarding draft picks instead of packaging them, moving up for more impact type of players. And then you look back and, and their emphasis on the draft over free agency, all of that kind of stuff. And you go, well, you're just not, you have your priorities and you're not coming up with a concrete plan correctly to effectively utilize these, these prior and, and, and effectively employ them in your organization and it's killing the team. It really is. It's killing the roster. It's killing the team. And uh, you can see it now. Uh, this team, this, this four and one start was a little bit of a house of cards. And, and that's that. Uh, keep it to CincyJungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis, and uh, breaking news. There's probably going to be some this week, whether it's on injuries or coaching or I don't know. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of news. So keep it there. We also have our Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast that we record weekly. Myself and Cincy Jungle contributor John Sheeran, we both do that podcast as well as these post-game analyses and whatnot. So keep it there. Check out our podcast. Check out CincyJungle.com. Hang in there. Better times are ahead. I'm Anthony Cazenza. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, let's hope that the Bengals start turning things around soon. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. 
That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash Vox for $1,000 off Vanta.